let me get in position here. I'm not. I, I, I don't have all the the iPad and all that. I'm not. I'm not into quite into the iPad yet. But uh, I'm still on paper. I'm a, I'm a little little old fashioned in that way. Even though I'm IT at a bank. Okay, so. <laughs> I like the paper, yes. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you that you're God forever. Father, do something here today. We can study, we can, we can, uh, we can reach out to you, but only you can bring your spirit, God. So do that today, Father. In Jesus' name. Exodus chapter 4. Verse 12 says, Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. Moses was a, a man on the run. He was a fugitive. He was, he was a murderer. He was wanted in connection with the death of an Egyptian what happened was Moses grew up, uh, at, he, was a, he was a Hebrew, and the Hebrews were slaves in Egypt, but Moses grew up in the palace. He was what we would call uh, privileged. And one day he went out of the palace, and he saw a, an Egyptian beating a Hebrew. So he strikes the Egyptian, and he kills him, whether he meant to or not. So he hides the body in the sand. And the next day, Moses sees a couple of Hebrews fighting. And he tells the one that's in the wrong, he says, why are you attacking your fellow Hebrew? The man replied, who made you a ruler or judge over us? Are you planning to kill me like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? He knew he was uh, in trouble. So he fled Egypt. He got a new job, a new identity in the desert. And he, his new job was a shepherd. And there he stayed for 40 years. To him, that was it. His life in Egypt was over, and he would just live out his life in the desert. But God had other plans. You see, in Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, it says uh, that Israel cried out because of their slave labor in Egypt. And the scripture says, God heard their groaning. God remembered his covenant God saw the Israelites, and God understood. I need your help. Can you say, God heard? God remembered. God saw, and God understood. Sometimes you just need to know God understands. Moses saw a burning bush in the desert. We've had wildfires here in, in Nebraska. 
And uh, if you see something burning out there, what do you do if you're a farmer? You better go out and investigate, right? Well, Moses sees something burning, and he goes out and he investigates. And, and there, God speaks to him, and, and God says, I have seen the affliction of my people. I have heard their cry, for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them. Again, God saw. God heard. God knew. And God came down. Something different there. Now, when, when God comes down, what does he do? He commissions Moses. And he says to him, now go. And I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. When God is about to move in power, he says, go. Moses resists God. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh or that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Remember the last time Moses had, um, had tried to do something in Egypt? Remember, remember the mocking words? What, what were the last words his fellow Hebrew had said to him? Who are you? Who are you? Anybody ever said, who are you to judge me? Anybody, anybody ever said that to you? Who made you ruler or judge over us? Has anybody ever said something to you that burned into your soul so much that maybe, maybe it was years and years ago? But it, it, it changes you. Something you remember. And it hurts still. Imagine 40 years ago. They'd said, who made you ruler or judge over us? And when God talks to Moses and says, I want you to go to Egypt, he says, who am I? You hear the echo of those words of that Israelite. Still, in what he says to God. To God. So Moses and God start this dialogue. Who am I? What standing do I have to go to Pharaoh? God says, surely I will be with you. Moses says, what if they ask me your name? God says, I am. Moses says, what if they do not pay attention to me, but say, the Lord has not appeared to you? God says, what is in your hand? God does a miracle with what he has in his hand, his staff. God says, uh, Moses says, I am not eloquent. I'm not good at speaking. God says, who gave man a mouth? Sometimes my wife says, who gave man a mouth? <laughs> She's like, just, just quoting scripture, honey. <laughs> so now go, and I will be with your mouth. 
And then Moses gets down to his real issue. He gets down to, Lord, please just send someone else. See, all that argument, all, all that what if and, and buts, uh, but this and but that. It really came down to that. Just send someone else. I don't want to go. I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. Have you ever told God, I just don't want to do it? So Moses says, send someone else. He, he simply doesn't want to go. But God has saved Moses' life for a purpose. And God responds again, and Moses finally does go. Israel does come out of Egypt, and it gets to the promised land. But they don't follow God very well. And as a result, they, they have all these problems with, with uh, enemies, enemy raiders coming in and, and taking their food, the Midianites from the desert. They take all their food, their cattle. They're having all these problems. It's an unstable time of political and military turmoil. God is about to call Gideon as a military leader. And in Judges 6, uh, 12, the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. God speaks to him in spite of his circumstances. And Gideon has just one question. I'm sure he'd asked it many times before. Sir, Gideon replied, if God is with us, why? You ever ask why? Have you ever said why? It's probably, probably easier has anybody ne never asked God why? Okay, no hands. Okay, all right. Does God say because of this? Does he give him a three-point answer? No. He, it says, then the Lord turned to him. Means, it means he pays attention to him. And he says, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. God's answer, answer to Gideon's question, why? Just go. Gideon, of course, just like Moses, has, has some questions, has some doubts. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Can't do it. God says, I will be with you. Today, the world is in a time of increasing conflict. The news is full of war, pandemic, economic issues, racial conflict. What haven't we had in the, like the last two years, right? People are increasingly anti-Christian. Have you felt that? 
their worldview in this in their worldview, especially in the U.S. and Europe. What is God's command in the face of increasing opposition? What what was God's command to Moses when Egypt was a politically risky place for him to go? Go. What was God's command to Gideon in the face of overwhelming enemy invaders? Go. What was God's command? What, what is the Holy Spirit commanding us today? Go. Go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We're still going. He's still with us. Uh, maybe some of you, um, perhaps some of you are in that stage back there where you just need somebody to, you, you just need to know God is with me. You just need to go know that, that God knows. Maybe some of you um, are in that stage where, in that, in that arguing with God stage. (laughs) Maybe some of you are like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) I I want us to just pray, just for a second. In a minute, my wife is going to come up and tell about what we're doing in Spain and all this stuff. But before that, I, I want to... I, I want I, I'm, I'm, the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you guys. I want you to put your hand over your heart like this. Close your eyes. God, I'm in one of those places. I, I need I need to know that you that you know that you pay, you're paying attention. I need to know that you understand. God, I'm I'm in that place where I'm I'm in an argument with you. I'm in that place where something somebody said years ago has has me keeps me down. Keeps me down in my soul. God, I'm in that place where I'm finally saying, okay, I'll go to my friend, to my neighbor, to my coworker. God, I'm, I'm in that place where I'm, I'm saying, I don't know how. I don't know how to reach out anymore. And I need to know that you, that you know, and you understand. 
And I need to know that you will be with me. Thank you, God, for being with me. In Jesus' name, amen. You can do that anywhere. You can do that in the bathroom, at work. <laughs> so we're spent, we've been sent to Spain. God has told us to go to a, a far-off country. And you might be wondering, well, why Spain? Over 99% of the people in Spain don't know Jesus. I know, there's lots of crosses and, and cathedrals there and all kinds of stuff. But uh, traditions do not save. Traditions do not save. Um, it's, it's well known for its religious traditions and cathedrals and all. Yep, there we go. Um, but most people are secular. So we're part of the initiative towards, uh, to reach secular peoples. It, it means that, uh, neither God, God's spirituality, religion, none of that is, is at the center of their life. Instead, the highest authority is the self, the self. You ever heard anybody say, um, just follow your heart. The Bible says your heart is deceitful. And if you follow your heart, you'll go this way and then that way and then this way and then that way. So that's where a lot of people are at. In Spain, in the U.S., by the way, uh, if you want to keep up with us and keep up with what we're learning and keep up with, with posts, uh, if you have Facebook, get on our Facebook. We have a list back there on our table. And make sure you write down your name, your email address, whether you're on Facebook or not. We'll invite you to a, a, a private group. And we want to keep up with you. And we'd love to get your feedback. And as we learn things about how to how to reach out to secular peoples, which is the exact same situation as you're in here. It's just a little more intense, let's say, over in Europe. Just a little more intense. And as we, as we learn, we'll try to hand you that, that information. We'll, talk, we'll keep, keep the conversation up. We'd love to keep that conversation going. Well, um, my wife is going to come up and share just a little bit more about what we're doing and thank you uh, thank you pastor oh I stay here oh okay <laughs> thank you pastor Brad thank you so much and Amy and pastor Andy is not here but thank you to all of you pastor Victor pa uh, hermana Yolanda it's a blessing to get to know you more. And I thank you so much for investing in missionaries and investing in missions. Uh, I am the result of what many people like you in this country invested to uh, spread the gospel in so many countries and plant churches. In my case, I became Christian when I was 11 years old. And my family, my mother and me, uh, visit uh, the 
uh, evangelical church, and we met Jesus there. And since that day, we have been walking with God and serving the Lord. And that church was the first Assembly of God church planted in my city. And so I praise God because that church was planted in Colombia in my city because of the church here in America that support the missionaries there and that invest money to be able to do that. And I am here now saying thank you for doing that. And uh, yeah, my husband said that we will be going uh, to Spain. We were in Spain last summer, and we visited a cathedral there. And once we entered the cathedral, God uh, spoke to me and asked me to testify with the words, I am light, life, and joy. And it was so strong, and I was like, okay, God, to whom you want me to say those words? Because he didn't point at anybody. <laughs> and I was praying, and I was like, okay, God, to whom you want me to say that? When we just walk out of the cathedral, a man right at the door, he was asking for money. And he came directly to me to ask for money. And then it happens that I open my mouth, to say, we will give you money. And when I just said that, I just felt how the Holy Spirit took control of my mouth. And I said, we will give you money, but the money will only satisfy your physical need temporarily. But Jesus is the only one who will satisfy your spiritual need permanently. And I said, because Jesus is light, life, and joy. And this older man named Francisco, he looked at me and he started to cry. And he said, I need that because I have been wanting to die. He said, I have been a widow since 1970. And he was left with three little girls. He raised them by himself. And one of them died when she was 37 years old. And the other two got married and abandon him. I didn't know that, we didn't know that, but God knew his heart because he knows each one of our hearts, right? And God was interested to come and supply the need that it was more than material, it was a spiritual need. And this man, he sh continued to share his story with us, and he opened his heart, and we were able to share the gospel with him. And right there at the door of the cathedral, we hold hands and we pray because he wants to receive Jesus in his life. And we praise God because he took us from here there to meet that guy. You see how amazing God we have? And he always wants to meet our uh, spiritual needs. And he also wants to supply for our physical needs. And, and he also does more than what we expect. And I'm sure you all have experienced that. Well, then uh, God was clear in showing us in so many ways that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he said that he wants us to be there 
because there are so many people lost in that country and so many, uh, so few workers there. So we are making ourselves available to God's will. And we said, okay, God, <laughs> we will go. And he told us that he will help us. And that is his promise. And we are here sharing that with you uh, because God, his heart is to seek and find the lost. And uh, I want, please, the next slide. We will be working with this ministry. It's called On the Red Bots. And it's called that way because we use a red bot as a, as a platform to share the gospel on the street. And uh, on the red bots, you see that rectangle, red rectangle there? Uh, the office of the ministry are located in downtown area in Madrid. It's the busiest place in the city. And would you please uh, show the next one? That is our venue to preach the gospel. Uh, this place here is called La Puerta del Sol. In English, is the gate of the sun. And we use this place and make sure that the people that walk to through that place will be able to listen God's word. So uh, we stand there and we preach the gospel, we share the gospel, we use object lessons, but for adults. Uh, and, and that is the way how we share the gospel, because we want people not just to hear, but that they can see and that they can understand the gospel. So that's why we, we use objects. And um, this, this place is the massive place in the capital city in Madrid. And thousands of people every day visit this place. So around the world, people go there to visit this place, and we make sure that the gospel is preached in that area. Uh, next one, please. Uh, we focus in evangelism, as I said, public evangelism, personal evangelism, and we also train believers so that they will be able, that they can have the tools to be able to reach their own community, and also that the church will be able to conserve the harvest. Uh, disciple, 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 okay. Discipulando. <laughs> I will say in Spanish, <laughs> but you know what I meant. Okay, thank you. And uh, would you please um, pass? Uh, okay, yeah, that is uh, we uh, train the local church so that they are able to go to the streets and preach the gospel too. And uh, we use when we are on the streets preaching after we are uh, we share the gospel on the red bots. What we do off the red bots is that we have these uh, missionary have created different type of these cards, and it's uh, from each region in Spain. So uh, there is a testimony, we share here a testimony of uh, someone from that region that have received the Lord. And this QR code 
send uh, people to a link or to a video in YouTube, and they can see a testimony and present the gospel to them. So this is what we do. And uh, my husband can help me better to say uh, how... Yeah, so uh, this is just an example of when you send m money to missionaries, what they can do with it. So um, 10,000 of these costs about 380 bucks. We can put 10,000 of those in people's hands. So just, just think of that, you know, uh, 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 people that have never heard the gospel, uh, they, can, they can hear the gospel through a QR code. And um, we have a video that we want to uh, share with you. It's in Spanish, but it has English subtitles. So I hope you are able to read the subtitles on the bottom. Please, Chris, thank you so much, Chris. Nací en una familia creyente, católica. Generalmente iba cada domingo a la iglesia y realmente sí yo tenía una conciencia de Dios. ¿no? Sabía que Jesús era bueno y es esa relación con Él que empezó desde pequeña. Ya cuando empecé a entrar en la adolescencia, eh, no es que dejara de creer en Dios, sino que lo, lo abandoné. Y empecé realmente a, a poner mis expectativas en las personas. Todo ese auge de querer vivir a la vida a tu manera, hacer las cosas como tú quieres. Eh, y entonces eh, yo caí en una depresión. Dejé de tener ganas de vivir, tan duro como eso. Me acuerdo que me había ido de vacaciones a Cantabria con mis padres y para mis adentros empecé a pensar ¿Cuándo fue la última vez que fui feliz? Y empecé a pensar para atrás y cada vez que lo veía me asustaba, ¿no? Porque era cada vez, era cada vez más, más lejano ese momento. Y yo me vi a mí misma hablando con Jesús. Volví otra vez a pensar en Cristo. Estaba con una amiga que estaba viviendo en Madrid. Y me dijo, Vero, ¿pero por qué no te vienes a Madrid? ¿Qué tienes que perder? Y en ese momento hablé a Dios y le dije, Señor, ¿será que yo me tengo que ir a Madrid? Y en mi interior hubo una sola palabra, muy sencilla y pequeñita, y me dijo, ve. Y eso hice. Aún a pesar de no entender, había algo que estaba pasando dentro de mí. Me compré una libreta para empezar a escribirle, Señor, yo no sé cómo encontrarte. Yo necesito que tú me mandes a alguien que me sepa llevar hasta el camino. Y, y salí, salí al, al centro, pasé por la Puerta del Sol. Lo primero que yo recuerdo es escuchar a alguien cantando. Eh, y la palabra clave para yo pararme fue Jesús. Y luego escuché a una persona, hablaban de que, de que Él había muerto por mí, de que Él me amaba, de que Él había hecho todo para mí, y que, y que si yo me arrepentía, si yo reconocía ¿no? todo ese, ese peso de mi pecado, y 
creía en Él. Entonces, Él me perdonaba. Y en ese momento yo hice una oración sencilla. Y lo acepté en mi corazón. Yo sentía un fuego dentro de mí. Algo que, 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 que Dios estaba haciendo. Yo estaba diciendo, Dios mío, estás haciéndolo, ¿no? Estás, estás cambiando algo. Como si el peso que había dentro de mí, que era un peso profundo y, y, y imposible de sacar por mí misma, de repente ya no estaba. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And you know, there are so many people like Vero, uh, praying, needing, or even wondering, like, I might need someone that will show me the way to Jesus. And each one of us are the vessels that one God wants to use to show other people the way to Him. You don't need to go to Spain. You can go with us. <laughs> Help us to get there. But also pray for us. But the thing is, you are here. And until God calls you to someplace else, God wants you to use here where you are because there are people here in Crete that need someone else that will show them the way to Jesus. And you are here and God wants to use you to go and show them the way to Jesus. And I want you to imagine, imagine someone for, from Eastern Europe, a gypsy from Eastern Europe, a couple from the LGBT, LGBTQ uh, group, uh, someone, a refugees from Ukraine, all of them together in one place listening the message of the cross. We are there on the red bus to make sure that people will hear the gospel and the gospel will transform their life as God has transformed our life. So we are your missionaries to Spain transforming life with a lie. And thank you so much for having us. God bless you. Amen. <coughs> I'm going to have the musicians, if they would come. Amen. Praise God. Um, the Red Box Ministry, even when we were talking with them last night, um, started by Jacob Bach, right? He's kind of a his wife uh, passed away a few years ago, so we saw Jacob at General Council here the last few years. And um, Jacob came out of North Dakota, so we know him personally. And um, that's one of the things that God kind of laid upon his heart was just to go out into the marketplace, kind of like Paul did, and begin to share Christ. And uh, some people are, are pretty, you know, they can be kind of rude to the people there. Other people listen. <laughs> But you're just out there, right? You're just out there sharing Christ with people. And, uh, so it's a powerful thing. And uh, I remember Jacob. So he came to our church in Harvey, North Dakota. Um, small town, about 2,000, so about the size of Wilbur. And uh, we had him present in the schools that day. So he did like three programs in the schools at the elementary school. And he rode a unicycle, and he juggled, and he did all sorts of cool things like that. And then we invited the kids back to come for an evening service at our church. And um, 
and it blizzarded that night. I mean, it really did. It was blizzarding, North Dakota blizzard. So there was drifts we had to clean away, and it's kind of like, oh, man, nobody's going to show up. But we had like 70 kids there that night. They came uh, to hear hear him talk about Christ and stuff. So um, if you go to Europe, Europe, so much of Europe was where Christianity has its roots, okay? But you go back there now, you see the churches, but they're, they're, they're empty. They're, the gospel has lost its power in a lot of those places. And so now they're going into a culture that is almost immune, I feel, to the message of the cross. The churches, the cathedrals can be right before them, but they, they have not heard a relevant presentation of the gospel of Christ in their language or in a way that connects with them. And so they're lost without hope, just like that man. And so I'm excited about that and the missionaries that they'll be working about with. Uh, we're going to take up an offering for them. I'm just going to let God speak to your heart, whatever God places on your heart. Um, but I'm going to lead us in a prayer as well. And, uh, Lord, this morning we just thank you for bringing Jeremy and, and their lease with us here today and sharing. Well, God, we just want to partner with them. Um, partner with them so that they can take the light into these places, Lord God that you've called them to go. And Lord, we uh, we even pray here this morning to maybe those that are listening online and those that are here, Father, we thank you for the hope of Christ. And if we haven't made that declaration within our own life to put our hope and our faith in you, Lord God, we can pray that prayer. Say, God, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness, God. And you, you set us free. You remove that heaviness. You give us the hope that is found in you hope of salvation and the ability to walk with you and to know you, Lord. You place your peace in our heart, the peace that surpasses all understanding. So, Lord God, we uh, give you the thanks and the praise and bless the offering. Bless the Gasters as they go. Help them in raising their support. Help them, Lord God, in, in what you place within their heart as they are obedient to you. Lord God, be faithful thanks and the praise in your name we ask amen amen they're going to come around for a second time for the offering jill's going to lead us in that song build my life would you stand this morning and let's worship the lord together